The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Well, a classic game in the Golden State Warriors legacy. Perhaps not up there quite as much as that 2016 Game 6 against the Thunder, but Steve Kerr called it one of the most satisfying wins of this era, and the Warriors defeat Houston 118-113. Steph Curry looked like he was headed towards an absolute debacle. His teammates kept him in it. The game was tied at 57 at halftime, and then Curry absolutely took over all 33 of his points in the second half 23 in the fourth quarter Draymond Green and stuff pick and rolled the Rockets to death in the fourth and this is a game that you can add to the Steph Curry playoff legacy that some thought it was lacking yeah I mean his second half line 33 points 9 of 15 from the field 4 of 9 from 3 which means he was 5 of 6 on twos which had vexed him early in this game and most large part of the series the 11 of 11 from free throws a lot of that was you know the Rockets trying to keep it in the game but he ha- he made all of those and he ended up getting kind of close at the end so that that really mattered and he was getting open enough to get those passes and in previous games the Warriors had really struggled in their late game execution it never swung a game but it did make some close too close for comfort and Curry was magnificent I mean that Curry Draymond pick and roll was straight out of 2015 the the speed with which they make the actions within that pick and roll made it hard for Houston to react and it wasn't necessarily that it got an open look for Stephen Curry every time. It wasn't that it necessarily got one for Draymond Green, but they were getting something good from it every single time they ran. It. Yeah, we we rewatched the fourth quarter. I charted it. They ran 10 Curry Draymond pick and rolls in the fourth quarter. They scored on eight of those possessions with 19 points. And the only two times that they got stopped, one was Harden made a great play to tip away what was going to be an alley-oop dunk for Looney. And then Capella probably fouled Draymond Green at the rim, jumped forward into him but they gave him the verticality call it and green missed the layup so they got great looks even when they weren't able to score on it uh, obviously Steph Curry's shot making was unbelievable and it had two great plays in isolation against Tucker when they tried to switch and actually even succeeded in switching it the number of times they miscommunicated they didn't succeed in switching it and was able to blow by Tucker for a layup with absolutely no help from Clint Capella and then the shot that really capped it with the just over a minute remaining the step back three after crossing over behind the back going to his right over pj tucker that put golden state up by five and houston never got back within one possession with the ball again after i don't know if it was the shoes he was wearing but that play reminded me of the matthew delvadova behind yeah. the back three from a similar spot on the floor in yeah tucker's a little better defender than matthew delvadova. just just, just yeah. a little bit even though remember that was the yeah. game after delvadova had 
had that defensive thing. But I yeah. mean, I, I will say though, quickly, it didn't surprise me that Steph was able to find space on Tucker because Tucker, he's not really that quick. Like he gets his body into guys. He's a great matchup for Durant, but Curry is too fast for Tucker really to just kind of hold him and body him, and he was able to create separation. Well, and those times that he was able to drive by him, he created separation both for his own shot and then and and as a driver. And I, I think one of the other important parts of the story of this game was how the Warriors team played overall. I mean, I, I thought a lot of guys on the Rockets bench or on the Rockets outside of Harden and Paul who both played very well in this game. I thought a lot of, a lot of guys did well. But for the Warriors, when Durant went down, it was always going to put a lot on everybody else on this team. I mean, Steph had had his disaster first half, but Draymond defensively, Andre Iguodala, five of eight from three. I thought that was yeah. gigantic in this game. First time he hit five threes in a game, 23rd. Clay Thompson, 10 of 20 from the field, 7 of 13 from three, 27 points overall. He was the leading scorer in the entire game through halftime, through the third quarter. He didn't end up getting that because James Harden did and Steph Curry went insane. But also, I thought a lot of the bench players did well. Kevon Looney, another huge performance from him, battling on the defensive end, doing kind of enough, but then offensive glass, putbacks, four offensive rebounds in 20 minutes. And then a lot of the other guys didn't kill him. Livingston's had a bad series. Livingston had a solid game. His uh, fifth game in double figures this entire season for Sean Livingston. Some solid minutes from Jordan Bell. He He had some defensive foibles, but... He, he killed them at moments, but I don't think he killed them overall. Yeah, plus two for Bell. Better from Quinn Cook than I expected. Defensively, he tried. You know, he wasn't great. He was a part of the reason Chris Paul had some really good minutes. And I, I want to spend some time talking about Chris Paul's night. And so, I mean, I thought I, I gave the Warriors like a 25-30% chance of winning this game. This was similar to the, I mean, other than the Curry first half, the way that it was going to happen. And to turn a little bit to Houston, yes, I, I the defense at the end and, you know, getting getting torn up by the curry green pick and rolls is something what i'm gonna think back on from this game was their defense in the first yeah stephen curry only played 12 minutes he was awful in most of those 12 minutes and the warriors just don't have enough they don't have enough play starters they don't have enough play finishers when curry and durant are unavailable and they still put up i think it was like a 113 or 114 offensive rating in that first half and yeah houston you know they they scored well and houston had it as a tie game but you have to take advantage of those situations. And when it was still tied at halftime, they opened themselves up for a, a much better performance from the Warriors. And it wasn't like Houston was missing every open three or anything like that. Nope, it was just their, it, well. it was just their defense giving up easier looks than they should have. Yeah, Houston played well enough to win uh, offensively by far. You know, I mean, they had a 117 offensive rating in this game, but they gave up a, a 122 offensive rating to the Warriors. And a little of that was inflated by the intentional fouling late but you know that's in the league average stats too so to say that it's uh was really bad is definitely i think underselling it and yeah you mentioned the first half they lost clay a number of times i mean the shots that clay thompson was hitting at times in that first half were unbelievable but they're houston what they're supposed to do is switch out and deny and they just couldn't do that quite well enough against really the only threat that golden state had on the floor i mean steph curry is out of the game in the second quarter with three fouls and the warriors actually pushed out to an eight 
point lead at that point. Right, and they got some easy stuff like Jordan Bell got an alley oop. There were a couple of a couple of clean looks like at the basket for bench guys. And another huge part of that first half, Houston didn't defensive rebound. Yeah, and it is true that they they played some lineups at moments that were not that didn't have a ton of defensive rebounding personnel. But you have to you have to get all of those and limit the number of chances. And selling out for the defensive glass is also isn't as catastrophic for the Rockets because they don't push it that hard in transition. So it's not like if you're darting out there that, I mean, maybe they'll hit you hit a guy with an outlet pass, but get those damn rebounds. I mean, Draymond Green was in foul trouble in That's the right. second quarter. Yeah, he, he got... And then in, in the third quarter. So they really, you know, Green only played 37 minutes. Curry only played 34 minutes. Andre Guadalla was unbelievable. 38 minutes. That's the most he's played in a long, long time. Uh, and that 17 points that he had was just absolutely massive. So, I mean, you know, the Warriors, other than Curry, you know, Curry was four for 11. That meant everyone else was 12 out of 27 from three. Okay, and Thompson was seven out of 13. I mean, you don't expect Iguodala to shoot that well, but I thought Houston really made it easy. I mean, these were wide open looks out of the corner and I think they could they really could have done better and Houston to me like one thing that I thought was important is other than Jordan Bell the Warriors really didn't have any defensive miscommunication Jarebko was involved in a couple I don't know if it was just a miscommunication or he was incredibly slow but Houston just had a ton of those in the first half simply preventable stuff with the Warriors moving the ball the, the gravity of Thompson either zero guys or two guys would go to Clay Thompson they never could seem to get one guy onto him you know and, and Thompson did a, a pretty nice job passing the ball in this game only had uh uh, two assists but uh, he had a couple of plays where he got the ball moving well, into some sequences and i thought there were some times that they did a good job eric gordon in particular when clay thompson put the ball on the floor i thought they they made life a little bit harder for him in those moments but then when he was off ball the some of the threat assessment stuff was really bad and one of the biggest surprises for me in this game we talked about kind of it was a hard one to predict in terms of matchups because of the the big shift that happened with kevin Durant not being on the floor but i wondered how each team was going to go small and how they would fare when it happened and i did i dug into the stats we rewatched the fourth quarter and i was also looking at the play-by-play stuff for all of the pj tucker at center stints that wasn't very hard to cull because there weren't very many of them so d'antoni did not go to it at all in the first quarter turned to it with 544 left in the second quarter game was tied at 42 stephen curry was already out of the game i believe at that point with his third foul and in that about six minutes houston scored 15 points you know that's all right but so did the warriors and Steph Curry was out of the floor. They got some system buckets. They got some easy stuff at the rim. And being even in that stretch, while, you know, better than some of the other things that they put on the floor, I'm sure that was disappointing to D'Antoni. Then he didn't go back to it at all again in the third quarter. It was Capella and Nene out there. And then turns to it briefly with 737 remaining in the fourth. Game is again tied at 95. A minute and six later, both teams have scored one basket. Capella comes back in. And then they don't go to it again until there's 36 seconds left. Though, while that stretch was was even so basically they were even for the pj tucker at center minutes i thought especially in that fourth quarter the rockets were getting better looks they just default they got a, a, a chris paul layup that missed a eric gordon layup that missed those were on the same possession and so then they went away from it so those really that about six minutes was all we saw pj tucker at center before the foul fest well if you're a warriors fan you're probably gonna sleep well tonight no matter where you are if you're a rockets fan you might need some exceedingly comfortable environment if you have any hope of, of falling asleep at 
after this one so i highly recommend a helix sleep mattress working with the world's leading sleep experts they developed a mattress that's customized to your specific height weight sleep preferences and it's available at an unbeatable price at helixsleep.com slash capspace where you can get up to 125 dollars towards your mattress order my wife and i we got a helix sleep mattress back in 2015 right around the time this podcast started after we tried another mattress that didn't really work for us it was one of those another mattress delivery company one size fits all we developed back pain we returned it ordered helix sleep she she did the research on it we loved it i dm'd their company twitter account and asked them if i could be an endorser for their product and this is before they even were doing ads on any podcast at all and so we're able to to work something out and they've been a sponsor ever since means that not only i and now uh, actually have two helix sleep mattresses but also our listeners have really liked the product usually that's what it means when companies uh, are a sponsor of the show for coming up on four years now they've also taken customized sleep to the next level with the helix pillow which is fully adjustable so you can achieve perfect comfort regardless of your sleep position or body type and you get 100 nights to try out helix sleep uh, with their thousands of five-star reviews but you have to take our word for it order it sleep on it and if by some chance it's not for you you can always return it but i highly doubt that'll be the case once again the way to get started with them is helixsleep.com slash cap space each room cap space we talk about it all the time here on the program for up to 125 dollars toward your mattress order and don't forget that slash cap space url to let another so it was interesting the tucker at center lineup i think there's an argument that that lineup isn't as good for them offensively depending on what the opposing strategy is and i think you can get away a little better with doubling james harden and not allowing harden to get the matchup if you've got that tucker at center lineup because they don't really have anyone who is going to finish with the dunk around the rim once harden gives the ball up the way capella does now if you put capella in the game now you can switch harden and then capella's near the rim and you can bring help more in theory but you know it's not obvious on offense on defense you would think well uh, we can switch more easily capella kind of gets taken advantage of and he did give up a big curry three not getting far enough out on a switch i also thought his help defense on some of the drives was pretty bad particularly that curry one past tucker with about two minutes left in the game he just he's guarding kavan looney who's not like some amazing alley-oop threat and just never reacted curry got on top of him way too quickly uh you got to force the pass to looney there and trust the help uh, behind you to go and get looney and then offensively he did did not have a great game other than the six offensive rebounds but five of 11 is just not good enough for a guy who's supposed to be finishing everything around the room he had a key turnover late where he first got blocked by draymond green and then lost it out of bounds houston fans were upset they thought that was a foul we never really got a great replay of it uh at least uh, from abc on that one um and chris paul had a wonderful game though danny you wanted to talk about how he broke out i did and so the warriors playing centers a really high proportion of the time i thought that really opened things up for him he got into a rhythm not only in the bogut minutes but also in some of the other like the the what i call mixed lineup so when the warriors weren't a starter heavy helps when draymond green's not on the floor and so in the first three quarters chris paul had put up 21 points on an, a brutally efficient 8 of 13 from the field, 6 assists, and 2 turnovers. And he was doing it a lot, not not a big surprise here, on 2-point jump shots. He was 6 of 10 on 2s outside of the restricted area, got, got 3 around the basket, which is actually maybe more than usual. But yeah. also, he had a couple of big 3s, and the Warriors were, were conceding that a little bit more in the early going, and he was drilling it. And so I thought Chris Paul was an important part of their offensive success 
And then, you know, obviously they went to other things in the fourth quarter. Harden was doing a really good job. But there were certainly some Chris Paul nonsense. There were, there was a lot of Chris Paul nonsense yeah. at various moments in this game. But I thought he played really well overall offensively, and he was not their, their biggest problem defensively, not by a long Yeah, I mean, he tried like three flops in the first two minutes of the game to the point where, you know, one time he just turned it over when there was a no call. Uh, Mark Davis is not the guy, to me, much more than Scott Foster, frankly. Mark Davis is the ref who is least interested in going for any kind of BS flopping maneuvers. Yeah, he's the first one who didn't call. There was I remember there was something last year with Harden that he no, was... No, it was, it was two years ago. The Harden, like, drive to the basket and use his off arm to go up underneath the guy's arm and draw the foul. Um, That's right. And, I mean, that was another huge play. It was Harden shoving off on Draymond Green. They have a five-on-three. Bob Vulgaris tweeted about this. And Harden just doesn't want to run, holds up the ball, asks for it. Everyone gets back. Draymond is jogging back and kind of just waves at the ball and Harden a very obvious foul to me I mean that's one where we didn't we've complained about the chicken wing shove off when you don't extend the arm he clearly extended the arm and just shoved Draymond and Draymond wasn't even going to get the steal there's no point it was just a tired play right and it was it was also immediately after a play that you and I both thought Draymond got fouled on so even if the the people want to talk about inequitable refing there were a few calls in the late going in this that I didn't necessarily love the the call uh, Steph Curry drew an a non-shooting foul on Eric Gordon yeah. I don't after. think that really changed anything no either. I mean it got the Warriors in the bonus a little earlier but the Rockets were going to foul then anyway I don't think I don't yeah. think it created any extra free it throws did. and Paul you know he did get hit in the face on that Iguodala play that's a really hard thing to call because Iguodala had already gotten the ball and kind of swung with the back of his I believe was his left hand and no, so I mean we got we got asked like it kind of are you going to talk about the refereeing I thought the refereeing overall was pretty solid it you know there were there was some contact around the basket but even some of the big ones like the Eric Gordon Clay Thompson held ball. I thought that was completely the correct call. Clay got yeah. Clay got a lot of ball there, and so maybe there were a few that I was a little bit queasy on, but I don't think it swung. Yeah, Harden. I think we should talk about his game. He's clearly yeah. going to get criticized. I mean, the Rockets, in theory, had the talent advantage in this one, and part of the theory of that was you know they have the best player on the floor, and Steph Curry since the very beginning of the Clippers series, he did find it somewhat at the end of Game Five. He, he was really good. And then, of course, to have this terrible first half. Uh, I mean, that's part of the enjoyment of Curry is just how he can look so awful and then look so good. You know, it's, he's like Superman losing his powers sometimes. Uh, but for Harden, you know, the stat line was not bad. 35 points, only five assists. I don't think he had double-digit assists in any game in this series. The Warriors did a really nice job of taking that part of his game away. 11 to 25, 6 of 15 from three. We talked about how, hey, is he going to hit that step-back three-pointer? He had games where he really hit it in this series. I mean, he was, this wasn't... I don't know what his full numbers were for the series, but you know he was probably right around where he was during the season. Hit a, a lot of really awesome setbacks. He did go seven of twelve somehow from the foul line, including only three out of six on the two three shot fouls that he drew. But you know the six of fifteen from three, he, he did have four steals defensively, but six turnovers, including one that was really inexplicable, where he just kind of lazed into it. And Steph Curry, I think, got a deflection as he tried to throw it to Chris Paul, who wasn't open. Andre Iguodala got one of his five steals on that play and Livingston got a layup on the the play where Paul got got hit in the face by Iguodala um so you know I don't think Harden had a terrible game but he didn't drive the Rockets to victory at the end certainly and and he did score a few points late as they were kind of the Warriors were conceding a little bit more well and notably Houston's offense what overall like the numbers weren't amazing when he was on the floor so the full game offensive rating for Harden was 107-1 yeah and part of that's because Chris Paul cooked so well in the 
minutes that he right. played by himself. And I, I, those minutes were really important overall in this game. I, I pulled Harden's overall stats for the series. 35 points, 5.5 assists, 7 rebounds, 36% from 3, 46% from the field. So I can't pull like true shooting or anything like that. His high in assists was 8 in their Game 5 loss at, at Oracle. And his turnover high, so he had he had averaged 4 turnovers. So his assist to turnover ratio was better than 1, but not much of them. Yeah. And that's always been a calibrator of like how how uncomfortable is he and Harden ended up I thought for a lot of the game he was actually low in turnovers but he ended up with six yeah and you always just I mean Harden has this incredible load that he has to take on and clearly there are plays where he just conserves energy and when he gets tired in particular he starts to really take shortcut whether it's trying to draw fouls whether it's that pass that I talked about already that got intercepted whether it's just using his body more just oh I don't want to actually move to avoid Draymond stealing this so I'm just gonna like put an elbow into him instead or there was a play in game five that i tweeted out where it looked like draymond was going to run past him to get to the offensive glass and instead of moving to box him out he like stuck his foot out and looked like he tried to trip him i don't know if he actually just like realized what he was doing and stopped but like just the fact that you would even have that instinct that is an indicative of fatigue you're just like i can't move i'm just going to do this i think everyone who's been really tired on a basketball court you start to understand that and you know houston looked really good in the first half of these games when they were running a little bit more and then James Harden just can't do that you know so it's uh and then obviously there's the defensive aspect where he really he's such an intelligent defender he makes plays he had the four steals got a lot of nice deflections and this when he does really get into a stance and move his feet he's smart enough to get out and shoot but there's just too many plays where he can't and doesn't give the effort and you know he was certainly involved in a lot of those plays in the first half where Clay Thompson was getting open guys were miscommunicating etc so it's uh I, I mean he's t- to me this is a better playoff run than he had last year but not enough for me to vault him above kind of where we had him before which was you know fourth fifth type of best player in the league uh despite his regular season row. i'm going to unveil a little bit of my obsessiveness right now but I, I i periodically play some fifa when i have free time which i have it in like a month and when i give up a goal one of the things i do is i go back and instant replay and watch basically how it happens sometimes when i score them but usually on defense and so often in in soccer and in basketball it's not the last mistake that caused it. It was something earlier. And there are a lot of times in the Rockets defense where a broken link in the chain ends up hurting them later on. And from what I could tell, a lot of times that was hard. And so for those who want to like the pull clips and he, you know, he had a nice contest on Steph, on Steph Curry at one point late. Well, actually when he's around the basket, like theoretically, if you could like use him as sort of like a center, I think some of the limitations would be, would be weakened. Obviously he's not a great rim projector, but his lack of attentiveness a lot of times it, it is a stark reminder of the disparity between when he's engaged and when he's not. And this Rockets team has a lot of defensive talent. They, I, I was disappointed in the beginning of the season when they did it. And that actually ties in with something that I wanted to talk with you about. There will be plenty of time to go big picture with these Houston Rockets. But I was kind of at moments in the game, I was sitting there thinking about, well, what if they had Trevor Reza? What if they had Luke Richard and Bob Mute? What if they'd actually used their mid-level exception? And I thought they got more from their bench. Daryl Morey did a huge job getting Austin Rivers on the buyout market. He really helped them, arguably. I mean, you can make an argument he helped save their season. And there was a time when Freed was really helpful and Nene was better than him in this series. But it's not like the Rockets needed a lot more talent to beat the Warriors, but I do think it would have. Yeah, and just one more reliable option on the wing who wasn't going to screw up 
certainly could have been used i mean they played gerald green who yeah was part of their rotation in last year's series but they had to play gerald green 12 minutes in this one and he had a lot of mistakes he was two for nine and had some ugly missed shots and turnovers in the fourth quarter as the warriors i mean i thought the warriors were sunk when it was 89 82 early in the fourth and then they were able to get back into it right before curry stepped back in they gave him two minutes of rest he's at the scores table and they actually closed it down to two during that period with a big iguodala three another wide open three that they gave up to iguodala and shumpert they traded a first round pick for him well they, few... they traded a first round pick right. to dump to dump money and got him but yeah of course point, of point course seven. yeah yeah so but i mean you know certainly if you just trade that first round pick without salary attached to it maybe you can get a better player you know i think you know harden could have been better in this game but he wasn't bad chris paul was awesome so really you just have to look at, at the news i thought pj tucker did a pretty good job as good as he can although you know he did get beaten individually but he's 34 years old now i think as well he played 45 minutes he might have been a little tired at, at the end of the game he shot it well with 15 points on eight shots like it was uh he had a, a wonderful series i i don't mean to sidetrack this but there's a single play that i want to bring up as a really important one i should have brought this up in harden section i apologize for not doing that with a minute and 30 seconds left stephen curry hits a three i believe that was one of the threes yeah, over that, PJ, that was, PJ Tucker. that was the uh the step back to his right. step back or pj tucker on that oh, next yeah. inbound we forget to talk on about the next this? inbound harden throws a little bit of a flat a little bit slow pass to Chris Paul, who's pretty far away, and Chris Paul does the kind of the the idea in various sports of like let the ball come to you. Clay Thompson realizes what's coming, is is right there, dives for the ball, gets the steal, and so at this point it's a five point game with a minute and a half to go, and eventually that does not produce Warriors points because Clay ends up missing a three, but it runs a bunch of time, and you can't you, like that. That's a turnover yeah. just on it was an atrocious like pass. on laziness on. Lack of execution. Yeah. It, it bounced. It was like bounced right at Paul's feet. He just like didn't throw the pass hard enough. Yeah, and and so the margin for error when you're down five with a minute and a half to go is zero. And the Warriors weren't pressuring. It wasn't like they had that. It was just such a bad, lazy pass that it created it created basically burning time off the clock. Yeah. All that said, I mean, I still think that Golden State was just awesome. Absolutely. And, and you know, it, it feels kind of like that 2016 game in Game Six against OKC because it seemed like the Rockets had more talent it seemed like the Warriors should be fighting an uphill battle and it doesn't look like you know Clay Thompson is pretty slow and Steph Curry is pretty small and he can look so bad at times and then all of a sudden they hang around and they bomb these impossible threes and oh yeah these guys actually are that good and another guy who really deserves a ton of credit to me is Draymond Green if Draymond yes. Green doesn't lose that 23 pound he was so quick the chemistry with Steph Curry was so good on those pick and rolls they actually had to honor him attacking the rim now because he can actually dunk again <laughs> you know he, he was at age 29 he, he looks so much faster than he did earlier in the season or even last year he had a much better offensive series this year than he did even last year against these Rockets and so he as an offensive player I, I thought with his screening just the alacrity with which he moves in to, to every action when he catches you leaning the wrong way he really punishes mistakes a lot and uh, I, I thought that that was a, a huge part of, of what Golden State did today here's another stat I'll, small sample size theater to be sure and remember the Warriors screwed up some execution in various clutch moments in this game when they had leads and just kind of fumbled it away yeah. overall for the series 25 minutes of with
within five points within five minutes. Warriors plus 32 net rating, defensive rating 96 during those chemo. Yeah, and I think you know that's a big part of it. And now I think both of those were, or both those numbers are, you know, Houston had a pretty sizable lead down the last five minutes of, of both games three and four. And yeah, I think there's, I think there's a lot of noise to be sure. Yeah, and, and so Golden State was kind of frantically coming back, and Houston is trying to dribble the air out of the ball even more. And you know, there were times when Houston was in a similar situation coming back in game game one and game two, uh, but Golden State did beat them down the stretch of both of these games pretty handily. And, and I thought it was interesting that Kevin Durant was not part of that, right? We talked about how this Warriors team was so good in the clutch in the past, and a lot of it was, all right, we're going to go Steph Curry, Draymond Green, pick and roll back then. Uh, and with KD, you know, they haven't really been this unbelievable clutch team the way they were. And then with him out these last two games, they've gotten back to a lot more of that and featuring Steph Curry, and you know, he really has delivered. And so, you know, certainly Curry has been up and down in these playoffs, up and down in this series. And he had this finger issue, which he re-aggravated with three minutes left. Still had his uh, heroics after that. Uh, so, you know, I, it may be getting to the point where he's too inconsistent to really be in the conversation for the best player in the NBA anymore. But he certainly can reach heights uh, that few can. And we saw it in the second half. I wanted to throw a historical comparison to you. And you know this era far better than I do. So that's why I'm deferring to you on this. The, the Rockets have run into the brick wall that is the Golden State Warriors a series of times now. And I'm wondering if from a more of a legacy perspective if there are some similarities here to the utah jazz with the chicago bulls where a great team that might be that that ran into a superior opponent and just could never get over that hump and and should be appreciated for what they were and you know but for maybe things would be different but they still did never do it yeah and we'll see i mean there could be these two teams right back there again next year regardless uh, of uh, kd certainly you have to feel good as a warriors fan about what this team could potentially do be next year although again everyone will be even another year older at that point um but yeah i mean you would think of the knicks against the bulls you could think of the milwaukee bucks against the celtics so the bucks actually did beat the celtics one year they swept them and then lost they they themselves lost to the sixers handily in the next round in 1983 uh you know you could look at the the jazz certainly that was only two series that they played against the bulls so so i mean this is now uh four out of five years that the rockets have lost to, to the warriors i believe so during during this run and the only one they didn't is the game that is the closest direct parallel to this one which was that spurs series in the second round when they would have faced the warriors in the conference finals Kawhi was out they have a game six in houston they have to win that to get a competitive game seven and that one was a more like a more memorable hardened meltdown i do not think that should or will be the story of this game but the rockets did lose one that they should have won and with a very different team than they have now yeah and yeah they made some mistakes certainly defensively and they had some miscommunications and they weren't as good as they could have been but I, I mean i think it deserves to be said that great great performances by the golden state warriors won this game i think absolutely more, and, to, and top to bottom yeah. too like they had so many guys that really stepped up and played well iguodala's night is is huge like i think yeah. this would be it's a huge part of his legacy for this team beyond the championships and the finals mvp like, they needed him to step up in this game and he did and remember harden shot all those free throws very few of those were at iguodala's expense curry right. had a couple of silly fouls 
Falls. Draymond had one. And and so it wasn't really Iguodala there. And I thought Clay did a, overall a better job on Harden than he had earlier in the series. And yeah, I mean, the Warriors, a lot of, a lot of big performances here. Very few, like, really debilitating ones. Yeah. And now, we don't know who they're going to face in the conference finals, but presumably they're going to get Kevin Durant back at some point. To me, knowing what we know right now, the Warriors are the meaningful favorites in that conference finals, even if Durant comes back, let's say, game three or game four, something like that, because they're not going to be facing a better team than this Houston squad. And more importantly, they're not going to be facing a team that is so directly well-suited to stopping one. Yeah, yeah, and has not been dealing with them uh, obsessively. So uh, if it is Denver, I could actually see that series starting 2-2. Sure. Until KD comes back. KD really, to me, helps much more against Denver, who just has nobody to stop him uh, whatsoever. A couple other notes here before we go. I thought Chris Paul had the matchup on Steph Curry in the fourth quarter, and he really had some errors in that green Curry pick and roll, where Green just slipped it, no screen ever took place, and then Curry just drove right past Paul, who I think was expecting to switch. It never happened, and Paul just couldn't stay in front of him. Curry got a couple of drives early in the fourth quarter that way. Then they switched Eric Gordon onto Curry at the very end, so they could at least switch properly. With Tucker, Gordon had had the matchup on Clay Thompson most of the time, because Thompson was so hot, but then it's, they realize, all right, they're going away from Clay and going to the Steph Draymond pick and roll, so we got to put our best guy on Steph instead. Um, see if I got any other notes here. Yeah, there certainly were a lot of plays that could have changed this. Tucker had a corner three that spun out. It, you know, it was tied at 97 for some time. Neither team could score for a while. Uh, Harden did hit a big step back three on Curry, but missed a couple of other open ones. And then uh, the Warriors started Andrew Bogut, and he got the Keith Bogans, but it gave them just enough early in the game, uh, early in each half uh, that they didn't get completely smoked, which is all that they needed. He only ended up playing 12 minutes. I thought the Rockets, we, we talked about it in the lead up to game six, that maybe they could have gone to Daniel House with no KD out there. And, you know, maybe he could have played over Gerald Green. You know, he had a rough start to the series and then he missed a couple of games with the toe injury. So maybe th- there was a trust issue there, obviously, with D'Antoni. And then also where he just, you never see Mike D'Antoni just lit into a player, light into a player like that for not rebounding. But, you know, I thought House, maybe he could have given them more offensively. But again, offense wasn't the problem. I'm not sure that House could have helped uh, their defensive woes uh, in this one. Yeah, maybe P.J. Tucker, if they have a little bit more depth and he didn't play 45 minutes, could have looked a little bit better on those switches late against Curry. I mean, that was a really tough shot from Curry, but that's a look that he's capable of making. I think finally for Steph, there is a feeling that with KD in the fold, he needed to be a good team player. They needed to feature KD. KD was becoming the face of the team. He was playing a lot better than Steph after game two of that Clippers series, which was simultaneous with the Clippers adjusting at the end of game two in that series to really start taking away Steph, doing everything they could to overload him because Steph was killing them. And so I think, you know, I don't know how well Curry was dealing with that, of it finally really being KD's team, but certainly the additional aggressiveness, the freedom, you know, I think when he would, at that point in the game, to go cross over, go behind the back, take a fadeaway step back to his right over P.J. Tucker, the best defender on the Rockets, he would have felt guilty for taking that shot if KD is on the floor. And he probably should, frankly. But without KD out there, Steph just being able to play with that freedom again, I think that's just big for where he's at mentally. Yeah, and I'm very interested in what the offense looks like for the first couple games of the next series. We don't know who they're going to be facing, but where where this team goes from here, we don't know what the offseason holds, but even before that, it's, it's going to be huge. And the stakes for the remainder of this are incredibly high. I mean, they can, they, they 
have a, a very good chance to make the finals. They have a they, they should have a very good chance in the finals. They also might be getting Demarcus Cousins back. We don't yeah. know that for sure. And it's a it's a page in the storybook for both of these teams. And it it's fascinating to kind of we won't know all of the resonance just like in that Oklahoma City series. We won't know all of the resonance for another two months. But it's a story in and of yeah. You know it's interesting. I, you do wonder how Kevin Durant feels watching this, and you know maybe I I, I perhaps the storylines. I mean, I haven't really checked Twitter since we started recording. It will be the Rockets choke. I did appreciate Tim McMahon having his James Harden has failed again in the playoffs column ready for the final buzzer. Basically, I, I always enjoy that Bontemps had his uh, Celtics obituary ready for the moment that they lost <laughs> against the, the Bucks the other night. Um, yeah, it, it's going to be absolutely fascinating. And one thing I can say though is that this team is a lot more fun to watch without KD. That they just seem like such a favorite and such a front runner with them. I understand why people feel that, but the you know Curry just you don't get to see the, these incredible performances from him nearly as much with KD out there. He's a more fun guy to watch than KD. And, and this team, even with the talent that they have, you know they kind of feel like a little bit more underdog, even knowing that Steph Curry and Draymond Green and Clay Thompson are great players. Those guys aren't really what you think of as great players when you just look at them and when you put Kevin Durant on there who's maybe you know one of the most unfair guys from a physical and skill standpoint in NBA history it really just kind of changes the perception whether that's fair or not but certainly uh, putting the ball in Steph Curry's hands and seeing what he can do is there's a reason why that 2016 team was viewed as so magical by so many people and to get back to that I think it was enjoyable for a neutral fan perspective tonight. anything to talk about before we go you can listen to the Real Jam Radio that I did with Dan Feldman that came out on Friday afternoon. So there have been some games that have happened since then. I will probably have a couple of pieces at The Athletic, including Rockets offseason preview at some point, but then things on this game. I'm thinking about actually doing something from Houston's perspective, which could be interesting. I'm I'm working through a few ideas in my head. And then also, we're going to have an awesome NBA cast day on Sunday. You can celebrate Mother's Day with us. And (laughs) we're going to, the plan right now is to at least do the competitive portion of both games sevens so we'll start with portland at denver and then we will have philadelphia at toronto and it, it should be blast and remember to savor sunday savor your mother like appreciate your mother as well but it is the last <laughs> multiple game nba day until october all right and we will be there take it through with you both with the nba cast we'll be tweeting that out. follow me on twitter at nate dunk nba and then on dunked on that evening we'll talk to you all then Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 